When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, if you haven't checked out What Chaos yet, you oughta, because we've had all your favorite players on the show. I'm talking Seth Jones, Lena Solmar, Connor Bedard, whoever it may be. We're live every day on YouTube at noon Eastern, but also available on all podcast platforms, including the one you're listening to right now. We got guests, and yeah, we're also doing a bit of chit-chat, goofing around, laughing at what makes us laugh in hockey. So regardless of how deep you are into your hockey fandom, Come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team. We'll talk about your least favorite team and everybody in between. And we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos, presented by All City Network. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks postgame podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. I'm Jay Zawoski. With me is Greg Boyson. We're going to talk to Mario Tirabasi live from the United Center in a few moments. Hawks lose 5-2. I would say that the game does not reflect the score because it was 3-2 with less than two minutes left. But it kind of does. The Hawks should have lost by more than that. So the, yeah. the score is probably correct. It should not have been close at the end of the game. But, hey, I got to give the Hawks a little bit of credit here. After a horrible start against the Calgary Flames, made a game of it, played really hard, played pretty well but on the Blackhawks curve, of course. We're not comparing them to the Avalanche or the Panthers or everything. But as far as Blackhawks periods go, the third period was pretty strong, and it's a shame it took them – you know, 35 minutes or 40 minutes to get double-digit shots on goal. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. Yep, got it. Uh, no, I, again, slow starts against good teams. Yep. Going to doom you. I'll give the Hawks some credit. They fell behind 2 nothing on two horribly defended goals. Um, they could have easily packed it in and said, the hell with this, we're done, mm-hmm. and lost nine to nothing. But they, uh, you know, Tyler Johnson had a, had a real nice goal, um, got him back into it. And then we sat there watching the, that third period, and I said, how the hell are they only down Seriously. the goal right now? And I said, Daryl Sutter is not going to be happy. If they hang on and win this game, he's not going to be happy because there's no way the Hawks should have been in that game. Uh, and then the two empty netters at the end made it uh, more of a blowout game. Uh, it was never really as close as three to two even suggested. They got the yeah. goal from Tyler Johnson. It was a nice play. Taze made a nice pass. He was aiming for Dominic Kubelik's stick, missed it, yep. and Johnson was right there and made a nice bar down shot. Only his second goal this season, so good for him. Um, that line was really good tonight. Yeah, they were solid. Kubelik was very noticeable. The it was most noticeable he's been in a while. No doubt about that. It was one of his better games. And when you look at the uh, line score for him, just an assist, minus one, 15.09, a shot on goal, uh, one more shot attempt, three hits, which has got to be a career high for Kubelik. But, yeah, just, you know, I, I think it was just – he was more active on the forecheck. He was hustling. I thought so, too. Like, he was I just so noticeable. Too. I'm not saying he was great, but he just – there's how many times have we watched the game and then look, scroll down the stats and go, oh, that's right, Dominic Kubelik played tonight. I had no idea. Yeah. Tonight was not one of those nights. He was out there. He was noticeable. Like That line had some chemistry. I would imagine uh, Derek King, we can ask Mario if uh, – you know, Derek King is always quick to give credit to – to align when they click. So I wonder if that was something he mentioned after the game. So that was their first goal. Second goal, uh, Alec Regula's first NHL goal. Good a for little him. bit of a fluke. Right. Probably a goal that a guy like Jacob Markstrom should have had. And he even uh, recognized it in his uh, post game, saying that uh, they asked him about the first goal, and, and Regula said, yeah, I owe Markstrom a steak dinner after that. So 
He's probably not wrong, but it's a line drive in the paper, hey. as my dad used to always say. So you take it. The Blackhawks will take a goal anywhere they can get one. Yeah, it was a it, big goal. And we've said it for weeks. Like you've got to put the puck on net sometimes. Yeah, shoot, you're they, they are unable as currently assembled. If it's not the Kane Strom Debrinket line, to have a sustained shift in the offensive zone. So when you get a chance and you have a look and you have possession. Start pumping the puck on net and, and hope it hits somebody, hope it gets redirected, whatever. It doesn't have to be a highlight reel goal. It just doesn't have right. to be. And hockey, hockey is a weird, dumb sport. Yeah. One of the silliest out there. You never know what's going to happen. Well, just, the, the one really nice goal Calgary scored is when the Hawks forgot that Johnny Gaudreau is good. Yeah. And just were like, well, here, why don't you take this corner, this, this, why don't you take 25% of the offensive zone to yourself and just pick your spot, just, and we'll just watch. Do three complete laps around the rink, and then when you're ready to shoot, we'll just nobody will get in your way. Taylor Radish decides, the, hey, I'm going to go. I'm going to go over here now. I'm going to go guard the guy at the right <laughs> point that's got one goal on the season instead of a guy with 39 freaking goals. You yeah. know? like That was just the stupidest play I've seen in a while. The first goal Calgary scored you know, we were joking, the, uh, Lincoln makes the first save of the game, doesn't give up a rebound, and I put out on Twitter, hey, no rebound, baby steps, and as soon as I hit tweet, yep. the, it's behind him again. And that was a, well, again, that was Calgary shooting the puck at the net, it hit a body, and it went in. You know, I, I hope that's a teaching moment for Caleb Jones. He put the body on Dubé in front of the net, but he didn't, his stick was up. He yep. wasn't trying to tie up the stick. So if your stick is up, you're trying to push the guy out of the way. But he didn't push him anywhere. So you either tie up his stick or push up, push him out of the way. He did neither. And <laughs> he can't that do was either. a goal. Pick right. one. You don't do neither. Do one, do one, one of them. Either push the guy or tie up the stick. Fail to do both of those, and he deflects it in for that first goal. And that's just a, just a punch to the stomach. This is a team that has trouble starting. They either score first early and then forget to play the rest of the period. Right. Or they decide that, hey, we're down 2 nothing. I guess we should start playing, and tonight was that second option. We got a comment from our guy, Skokes. He says, is Reichel ever going to score? Nope. I'm not mad, but what's the point of having him up here when you're not letting him play many minutes? Yeah, he was a team low, 9-19 of ice time in this one. Uh, well, you know, Mackenzie Antwistle obviously goes down with an injury. He only had like a minute and change of ice time. But as far as people who played the entire game go, Reichel was a team low, and you're down – Put the offensive players on the ice. I, you know, that's to me. It's I don't know. I we're probably picking nit at this point because there's a ton of guys who are trying to win jobs on this team and guys who played well and effectively. You probably deserved a little more ice time. But if Reichel's going to be here, if you're going to burn that contract year, which we discussed on the last podcast, play him. Put him out there. You're already down a forward. So how, what's yeah. the ice time so low when you're already down to 11 forwards? And it was a left that game in the first period. So it wasn't like that was a late injury. So well, what we know about Derek King is that he will, the way he sends his message is through playing time. And he so even said that. Yeah, he told us Something that. must have happened with Reichel. He didn't like something. Multiple times. Because when he was on with us last week, he said, if a guy makes a mistake, I'm not going to bench him the whole game. That's not helpful. But... You send him for a shift or two, talk to him, and then send him right back out there to try again. But the fact that Reichel only played nineteen min or nine minutes of this game tells me that Derek King was really unhappy with a certain aspect yeah. of his game, and hopefully he addresses it in the post game. And we'll talk to Mario when he joins us from the UC in a few moments here. But yeah, I mean, look for me if you're going to burn that year and he's going to be here, you have to give him top six minutes. You have to. There's no point otherwise of having him up here. If you're trying to protect him for a Rockford playoff run, then send him back down to Rockford, right? I just, I don't know. I don't get the point. And hopefully uh, Derek King can clarify why exactly he was, he played so little of this game because as a fan, I was frustrated. Like, well, come on, like he's here, put him out there. You need to go late, put him out there. It's a guy who's capable as anybody. My guess, theoretically anyway, of scoring a goal. My guess is it's something to do with how he played away from the puck. Uh, that was the same reason that he scratched Kershev, yep. and Kershev was producing points. I mean, there's some. I know he's got a rotation of guys he needs to get in there. Scratching Kershev was a bit of a head scratcher, no pun intended. And then again, two games in a row with, with without him after yep. he had points in back to back games. And then I know again on the defense, you kind of got to rotate guys in and out, but 
Riley Stillman's coming off one of his best games of the season, then you sit him. Like, it, I know you got rotation, you got to get bodies in, but you also got to reward guys when they're when they're performing. So as much as I've said that, you know, I, I, I'm fine with Derek King as the coach, there's still some questionable things that happen For where sure. it's like, well, what did Riley Stillman deserve to do to get taken out of the lineup tonight? I don't think anything, really. I mean... And then we see Caleb Jones gets back in there and fails to tie up a stick. So maybe not the best move, um, you know, but you got to criticize him when it's deserved, but then you got to give him credit where credit is due. And Vlasic uh, is, has been much better and it's because he's, he's getting more playing time and there's yeah. more confidence being put in him. So, you know, you can say scratching Stillman was not a good move, but then you can also say, well, he's seeing that Vlasic is earning more ice time and giving him that ice time, and he's played very well. It seems like he's comfortable. He's adjusted yeah, to the I NHL liked speed. liked his game lately. And, yeah, he's looked really well. I think pairing him with a Seth Jones the last few games has helped a lot too. I mean, who else would you put him out there with right now? That's it. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't want, to, you don't want him to pick up – uh, Calvin DeHaan's bad habits of the blind passing in the middle of ice when nobody's there. That's happened a lot lately. It, it is. It's, 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 and it's not just him either. No, but, uh, but yeah. you don't need to see it from a guy like Calvin DeHaan who's supposed to be one of your veterans. Right. You know, Alex Vlasic makes that pass. You can say that's a rookie mistake. Calvin DeHaan doesn't have that excuse. No. Uh, yeah, Jake you, McCabe doesn't have that excuse. Uh, you know, stop with the blind passes in the middle of the ice from behind your own net. Yep. Hopefully those lessons get learned. But when DeHaan's doing it, that's a guy with, with enough mileage on him to know better. Yeah. I know these guys are trying to make plays happen, but, geez, keep it simple, stupid, right? That That's the saying for a reason. It shouldn't be this complicated. Uh, got an interesting comment in the chat there from Justin. He says he's actually sort of excited about next season, uh, much like he is for this year's Cubs team. There are zero expectations, and he's sort of psyched for that. I, I Justin, I'm sort of with you. Look, I, I know they're going to lose, but... I think rebuilds can be fun as long as you see the light at the end of the tunnel with them, right? If you start to see young players really develop, I know Kirby Doc is hurt and Reichel did not have a great game tonight, but if you start to see these young players grow, and that's why I think we see Regula and we see Vlasic and you mentioned Riley Stillman and Caleb Jones, you start, you start to weed out which guys are, are here for the long haul and which ones aren't. And you start to kind of see a path to the next generation of, of good Blackhawks hockey. And, and I think rebuilds can be really fun. This, the remainder of the season is painful. Uh, it's been hard on everybody. We've talked about this a lot. I'm actually later in the show going to share some comments from a Blackhawks rival that really stuck out to me today in terms of uh, how a captain is supposed to act. So stick around to hear those comments uh, after we talk to Mario. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited for a rebuild as long as it works. If it's just going to be this for the next six years, not so much, but as long as Kyle Davidson, who so far has done pretty well with the decisions he's made in terms of transactions and things like that, uh, I'm encouraged. Now, what's he going to do with the draft? He doesn't have a ton of draft capital. Is he going to acquire any? Yada, yada, yada. But rebuilds can be fun. They can be exciting. And, um, you know, when they pay off, it's even that much more rewarding. You mentioned the Cubs. I think the 2016 Cubs are a great example of that. You had all these guys coming up through your system thinking, okay, well, if this guy pans out and this guy pans out and this guy pans out, and then they all pan out and all of a sudden you're hoisting a trophy. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of fans that went through this with right. the 2010 Hawks. There weren't a lot of people in the building in 06 and 07, 08. You know, it wasn't, you know, a lot of people jumped on board when they got good, when they made it that run in 09 and, of course, 2010. So there wasn't a lot of the buildup. It was like, right. hey, the Blackhawks are good. Let's watch them again. So now mm -hmm. you got all those fans who joined in on the Stanley Cup era, and they've stayed as fans, and now they get to kind of experience that. And hopefully the, the end result is the same. But as Justin said, I mean, there is a reason to be kind of ex – I don't know if excited is the right word, but hopeful. Hopeful, yeah. Uh, you know, if you – he's got the right mindset. Go in the next season with zero expectation of success – and maybe be pleasantly surprised that you get some guys that turn out to be pretty good hockey players. Next season is going to be all about identifying yep. who's beyond next season. Um, you got to start seeing results from these guys. Next season, 
you got to make your final decision on a Kirby Doc. You're in year four yeah. of this. If he has another season like this, it's time to move on. And if not, if and maybe finally, it works for him somewhere else. Maybe, but let it let it work for him somewhere else. At that point, we have heard allusions to him having some mm, mental frustrations, uh, trying to live up to the pressure, trying to live up to the draft pick, trying to live up to all those things. He's never going to do that at this point. I'm not going to. I'm not just to be clear. I'm not writing Kirby Duck off. But sometimes when you see that happen to a player in a sport. The best thing for them is a change of scenery. And maybe the change of scenery is not Stan Bowman and not Jeremy Colleton. And it's a fresh coaching staff, maybe led by Derek King, but some different guys. Maybe it's some other veterans brought in that can be a little more helpful in accommodating. I don't know. But whatever is happening for Kirby Dak right now is not has not worked so far. I'm not giving up on him. I think the ship has sailed on him being a superstar, but I still think it's in the cards for him to be a really solid number two center. And I think that can still happen, but well, you got to start. We got to see, see and, and you're right. You you've got to decide this relatively soon. And I wonder how Kyle Davidson, if you get him, you know, over a couple beers, how he feels about. Well, I don't think Kyle Davidson has any loyalty to him. He didn't pick him. No, nor should he. He can he can, if he's not if Kirby Doc underachieves again next season, he can be like, well, I got rid of the guy, the last guy. Everybody hated that draft pick. I got rid of him. So, I mean, it's a no-lose situation for him in that regards. He can either be like, I'm the guy that turned Kirby Doc around, or I'm the guy that got rid of this bum, one of the two. Yeah. So, either way, he's going to look good at the end because that's not his guy. That wasn't his draft pick. Well, and that's I think that sort of informs a lot of the offseason stuff that's going to come up too because he's got no loyalty to Taves or Kane or whoever else. So, um I'm really interested to see how this offseason is going to go. It's, this is going to be a fun, not fun, but it's definitely there's, fascinating. There's going to be, yes, we're going to get an idea of what Kyle Davidson envisions is what a winning hockey team looks like. He's not going to be able to do it all in one offseason, but we're going to get an idea by what he drafts, right. what he goes after in free agency, what he values. We're already seeing a little bit of that. He wanted size. He wanted some energy Grit, guys. Willingness. Which, right, which, which is good. You need that, but you also can't have dressed 12 Sam Lafferty's every night because well, you're going to try real hard. You can have a lot of nice drives to the net, and then he keeps yeah. going behind the net. Right, exactly. That's, <laughs> we, we pointed that out today. It's like, how many times is he? He beats his guy, and then he gets too close and goes, oh, crap, I got to do another lap. But he's not Johnny Gaudreau. He's going to get cut off at yeah, some point. Yeah, exactly. And he's going to keep cycling it's yeah. fine just have the puck which yeah. is a that's a good place to start for the blackhawks right. hey we appreciate all the support in the chat and everybody chiming in on everything but the best way to support us here at chgo is to download that points bet app and use the code chgo when you sign up if you do that right now you'll get two risk-free bets up to two thousand dollars but that's not it if you make a fifty dollar or more first time deposit you'll receive a free chgo membership that unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. That's two grand in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. Any issues with that? Email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. PointsBet is your home for live in-play betting, and it just got even better. Introducing PointsBet's new feature, live NBA same-game parlay right in time for the playoffs. For the first time ever, you can build the perfect live NBA same-game parlay only with PointsBet. Watch live, parlay live, and boost live with PointsBet. And now online sign-up is available in Illinois, so you can download that app and register from start to finish from your phone. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Breaking news here from our own Mario Tirabasi on Twitter. Derek King says Lucas Reichel is headed back to the Ice Hogs after tonight's game. Okay. Well, I mean, I am, I don't, this I don't understand. Why bring him up? Why bring him up? Why burn the year for one extra game? Two extra games. Two extra games. Yeah, this it, to it, me makes zero sense. To me, this has got more to do with Davidson wanting to get him on that bridge deal a year sooner, which 
Okay. I mean, maybe you can keep him an extra year, at, and then then his second contract, he's an RFA too, so you get two negotiations with him. I don't know. It I, doesn't make sense, but you know, look, I get I get the the reasoning that we were given. Um, Charlie Romeliotis, I believe, the first guy to write it was just, yeah, you want to get to that bridge deal sooner, so it's hopefully not as expensive. Okay, three is more than two. Last time I checked, and I. You know, whatever. I just it it frustrates me, and I I wonder what. And look, I I think Lucas Reichel is a pretty confident kid, but it's just I don't know. It just feels. I'm trying not to let my my frustration about the moment uh, cloud my logic and cloud my common sense and my objectivity. But I I'm just feeling very annoyed by this right now. Um, it, yeah, I guess so, and. Uh... You know, hopefully in four or five years, nobody's going to remember this. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe they're going to put him down to Rockford. Uh, you know, the, the, they're playing the Wolves tomorrow night in Rosemont, so he can go jump right in the lineup. Maybe they just want him there for a game or two so they clinch that playoff spot, which they can do this week. And then maybe he comes back up and plays the final week. You know, maybe it was just easier. Hey, the Wolves, the, the Ice Hogs are playing in Rosemont, and then they're at home this weekend. Why take the West Coast road trip to play nine minutes, get some meaningful game? I don't know. Yeah, it, I mean, there, there's really, you know, that's why I'm not, I'm not gonna, you know, flip over this very nice table right now because there is probably a logical explanation for it. But seeing him play as little as he did tonight, then getting that news on the heels of the year being burned, it just is kind of like. I hope there's a plan. There well, must be a plan. It just well, the next it is not abundantly clear to me at this. The moment. next time Kyle Davidson has a media opportunity, uh, if I'm there, I will. <laughs> that's the, one of the first questions I will ask. What's the Lucas Reichel plan? Why did that go down the way right. it did? Well, hopefully they explain it a little more. But yeah, uh, I, but to me, this shows that that we have a general manager that actually has is actually thinking three, four years down the road, which while this is a frustrating situation and doesn't necessarily <laughs> make sense, it is really refreshing that we have a general manager that's thinking three or four years yeah. down the road because you could never accuse Stan Bowman of no, thinking three or four sure. down the road. Yeah, you can understand why I'm not used to feeling that way. Exactly. Right? So it's, 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 a, it's a new experience for us that we have, a, we have a GM that actually has some foresight and says, hey, I don't want this guy's contract to be a problem sooner rather than later so let's you know figure this out so who knows yeah or maybe they just completely drop the ball that's 100 well, percent possible there's nothing too. i've seen from kyle davidson that indicates stupidity no. you know um so i think he's got there's certainly a plan and i don't understand it at the moment but he does and i'm sure it's logical and all those sort of things and when he explains it will make perfect sense but in this moment i'm just sort of like what in the hell you know, like, what are we doing? Well, maybe here? we'll be lucky enough one day to have him sitting in one of these chairs, and we can we can ask him. That would be nice. And uh, but we shouldn't. And now we've got some uh, some future interviews planned, we and do, we're going to we talk to Chris Foster's next week. Chris Foster's will be here, the new play by play guy. He's going to join us in studio next week. We'll definitely be sending out that information. But it'll be fun to have him here and give him an opportunity to just talk about himself. Yeah. So you know, not only us here, but all you guys and Blackhawk fans across the globe can learn a little bit more about this guy. Cause you know, whether you agree with how this whole season went down or not, he's the guy. Yeah. Uh, and I think his last couple of broadcasts now that he's got knows he has the job, he's not auditioning anymore. Right. And he's, I think, you know, him and, and Ed, Edzo have are starting to build a little chemistry there. They're starting to get a little back and forth. Uh, you know, just, as I said, when he got hired, he, he may, he's not Pat Foley. He's never going to be Pat Foley. Don't hold him to those standards and give him a little bit of patience to grow into the job and become a Chicago Blackhawks play-by-play announcer. Right. And uh, I think he'll be just fine. That should be, uh, for your planning purposes, look for that to happen uh, a week from tomorrow on Tuesday. What would that be, the 26th? 26th, I believe it is. Yeah, yeah. so we don't, have be, the, we don't have the times ironed out just yet, but that is the fairly certain date we will get chris fosters here on the uh chgo blackhawks it'll be fun i'm really looking forward to that because i do want to get to know him a little bit personally i mean obviously the hawks are loyal they keep people in positions for a long time and hopefully chris has a job for the next 39 years like pat foley did and it's a guy we have a relationship with and can and have on often because i've had the chance to talk to him a few times at practice yeah 
great guy. Seems like very it. personable. So he'll he'll be a really good uh, he'll be a great interview. We can't we're uh, we're looking forward to definitely having him here in the studio. Speaking we, of we, things we're looking forward to, Mario's with us. There he is from the United States. <laughs> we are now officially powered up. Mario, thanks for joining us, man. I know we just saw your tweet. We just read your tweet. Uh, the breaking news that Lucas Reichel is headed back down to Rockford. Uh, did Derek King have anything else to add on that decision? Any sort of uh, explanation? Um, he just said that he wanted to get the, get him back um, because Rockford's got some some bodies that are banged up in in his terms, uh, and he's going down to to help them solidify their uh, their Calder Cup playoff push. So, um, not really surprising to see Reichel go back. Um, we didn't really know if it was going to be immediate or. Uh, at the end of the regular season for for Chicago, but um, looks like it'll be it'll be following tonight's game. Now Reichel will be headed back to Rockford. So yeah, they um, the, the Ice Hawks did lose. They lost Brett Conley to an injury on Saturday, and then they lost DJ Buzdecker, another young forward, to injury Sunday. So yeah, I guess the timing makes sense. They, I mean, right now I think the Blackhawks one of their biggest fact you know things they're focusing on is a an Ice Hogs playoff run here. So. Um, not again, not a, a confusing move, but in the end, probably the right move. Did he indicate anything about why Reichel played so little in this game? Uh, just over nine minutes, team low, uh, aside from Matt Whistle, of course, team low nine minutes. No, no, really, indi- no, no real indication as to why. Um, it just kind of just seemed like maybe it was, it was kind of the, the night to, um, maybe make the decision that Reichel should be going back to Rockford. You know, maybe it was a, uh, it, I mentioned it earlier online um, during the game. It was the first time Reichel's kind of been pretty much invisible uh, in, in an NHL game uh, this season. And I don't know, maybe it was just uh, the, the decision was maybe made after a performance like tonight where he just didn't really have it. And maybe at that point you kind of just say, all right, before you, before you lose it, you know, before you lose some confidence, lose some of that, uh, you know, that edge in your game uh, here with Chicago, let's, let's send him back to Rockford, allow him to, um, you know, go, go back to the team and, and help them uh, get over the hump and, and get into the postseason, and then, you know, be, be the Lucas rifle that we've seen at the AHL level this year uh, back again with the Ice Hogs as they push, uh, push into the postseason. Do we have an update on the uh, long-term prognosis on McKenzie Entwistle? Uh, it appears that it'll be kind of a, a day-to-day thing. Uh, he mentioned it was a, uh, an upper body, kind of a stinger. He and Kirby Doc will not be going on the road trip. Uh, okay, that is that is coming from Derek King. So um, it looks like it'll be uh, it'll be time for players like Philip Kurashev and uh, Henrik Borgsham to to get back into the lineup. Um, so with 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 Doc and it whistle. Uh, They'll be out for the next couple of games. I, I I had forgotten Henrik Borgstrom was still on this roster. Thanks yeah, for reminding yeah. me. It's exciting. Yeah, I'm really excited to see good old number thirteen back in there. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah. I mean, was, that's gonna keep know, that's gonna keep our energy up those late <laughs> night games. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the thing is, you know, with 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 tonight's game, it was it was it was a pretty good effort considering the fact that this is a Calgary team that you know we've we've mentioned before on the show. They're going to be a very difficult team uh, yeah. in, in the postseason. Uh, a very tough team to get out. Um, they've they've got speed. They've got skill. They've got a, a solid goaltender. And uh, you know the Blackhawks. It was it was a decent effort against a quality opponent. Um, even though it's a five-two score, I mean it was a, it was a closer game than that. Um, but it, you know it's just it's just one of those things where you have a an, an opponent like Calgary come in and you kind of you just see the difference between where they're at and where Chicago is and, and the gap that, uh, that'll, you know, need to be closed over the next few seasons. But, you know, hard to, hard to harp the Blackhawks on their effort tonight. It was there uh, a couple fluky goals um, against Kevin Lincoln. And, you know, after the, after the, you know, the, the first half of the first period where, you know, three goals were, were given up Lincoln and pretty much settled down uh, in, into the, the second and third periods. It was, it was good to see, but um but yeah, like I said, just the, the talent gap, the speed gap, it was just very evident tonight, uh, the, the difference between these two teams. But when I look at a team that I would love to see Kyle Davidson model the next great Blackhawks team after, that's it. 
I think Calgary, look, they're not as good as Colorado or Florida or maybe Tampa, but I just see a team that is going, like you said it, they're going to be a pain in the ass in the playoffs. They are built for playoff hockey. Big, strong, mean, fast, deep. They are going to be a tough out in the West. And, you and they know, got a really good goalie. And, yeah, underrated goalie in Markstrom. I think that's – they got a solid chance. I mean, I think it's Colorado and everybody else in the West right now, but it would not shock me to see Calgary win the Western Conference and face off against Florida or Tampa or whoever. Um I'm sort of well. We're all rooting for the Wild, of course. Hey, Calgary, <laughs> Calgary Wild Western Conference Final. That'd be awesome. I'd watch that series. I would love that. That means it doesn't uh, matter who wins. The Hawks already get the first. That's round That's the pick. first round pick for the right. Hawks, exactly. So that's what we're cheering for. Minnesota, Calgary, or as our as our late great friend the Grobber used to say, Calgary, Calgary, Calgary. Well, so <laughs> yeah. how was Der- overall, Derek King? Um, just based on what you said so far, Mario, it seems like Derek King probably, I don't want to say pleased, but satisfied with uh, the overall yeah. effort of this game. Yeah, he wasn't, you know, the, the, the soft-spoken, disappointed dad that we've seen before. Um, you know, he was, it's a loss, so obviously it's, you know, nothing to really be that happy about. But, um, yeah, I think he was, he was fine with the effort. I think he's been, um, been impressed a little bit with the play of, uh, of Alec Regula and, and Alex Vlasic, as, as you've seen with some of his uh, some of some of the ice time that he's given to those two young defensemen um, and the responsibilities he's given them, uh, he was he he praised them tonight uh, their their efforts, which you know I, I think is, is very much warranted. But yeah, it, it, again, it's not it's not a really a game where you can you know pound the desk and say we should have won. You know, we, anything to get angry over. Um, it, it it just is what it is at this point in the season with the Blackhawks and. You know, Derek King was just kind of uh, trying to, as as he usually does, try and find the positives amongst the negatives. So, well, you mentioned Vlasic, and that's one of the guys we started the show talking about. Over the last three, four games, he's really seemed to turn a corner, and uh, is getting rewarded with the ice time he mentioned. And this one, fifteen forty six of ice time, really solid. Starting to see him take some chances and activate offensively. Um, playing with a lot more confidence and, um, you know, belief in himself. So I've been, I've, I've really been impressed with how he's come from signing the contract to Derek King saying he can't play in the NHL right now. He's just not ready to now being someone that Derek King is depending on and him not looking out of place. I think, you know, when you, you look at the top six right now and what's available, he's probably in my eyes, number four. Which is crazy. It's a crazy thing to think at this point. But he, over the last three, four games, he's been ter- not terrific, but he's been really solid. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 crazy what happens when you can you know give a, a player some some regular ice time and allow them to build their confidence. They can actually build their confidence. And you know, with with Alex Vlasic, it's we saw in the first couple of games it was five minutes, six minutes, seven minutes of ice time. It's like okay, well, what what's the point of doing that? In a lot in, in a on a team that has lost the season and isn't playing meaningful games, we were you know on the show we were saying send him to Rockford, send him to Rockford, give him meaningful minutes. Now he's getting meaningful minutes and he's not just being handed them; he's earned them, which is probably even better of a even better of a of a showing of his uh, abilities and um, you know what he can do to develop than if he was had been sent to Rockford and given you know 15, 20 minutes, fifteen to, to eighteen minutes there. So it's good to be. It's good to uh, to have seen him, you know, build that confidence here in Chicago and be getting the the responsibilities of of being on the penalty kill uh, in the NHL and, and being able to actually, you know, jump into the offensive zone a few times uh, a game. And yeah, I think he's I think he's adjusting to the to the speed of the game. I think that was one of the biggest things, not only jumping from college to the NHL, but also not being the fastest skater, just kind of getting used to the speed of the game. And I think he's he's starting to make that adjustment and. Yeah, I think it's really just uh, building in, in his confidence and, um, you know, <laughs> gazelling the puck into the offensive zone a few times a game is, is not bad to see from him. So, uh, yeah, I, I think he's he's getting rewarded, and he's seems like him and Regula will probably stick it out for the next couple of games and and then make their way to, to Rockford towards the end of the season. It's given us good uh, – it's training our eyes well for next season the next couple of seasons. This is what you want. You want to see young guys get their chance and progress. 
Mm-hmm. The next th- th- handful of seasons is all going to be about progression of these young players. So this is a good start uh, of what we need to be watching for. It's not going to be about uh, if they win or lose or, or you know all this other stuff. It's going to be about are these players on an individual level becoming better NHL players? And we're seeing Vlasic take baby steps towards becoming a better, a, becoming an NHL player, let alone a better NHL player. So it's it's good practice for for you know us as analysts and the fans out there to be like, hey, is this guy getting better throughout the course of a season? Is he better after ten games? Is he better after twenty games? And these are the types of things that you know the Blackhawks front office are going to be doing as well. It's all about progression, and it's very nice to see some out of Lassick, a guy that was not trusted at all, to now all of a sudden playing with Seth Jones and and, and playing big yeah. minutes and getting some of that responsibility, not just giving it to him as you said, Mario. He's he's been earning it. He's 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 earning the trust of Derek King. It, trust is a two way street in the NHL, and he's starting to get it. Well, I think that the development thing, too, is something that the Blackhawks brass is going to be asking themselves themselves about Derek King. Like, since he's taken over, who has improved? Who's gotten better? And we've got all offseason to sort of audit that whole thing. But, you know, over the losing streak, the three of us sort of joked, like, I think the Hawks are waiting to take that interim tag off, and they're just waiting for a win. But, Mario, Greg and I were talking uh, during the game, and I said to to Greg – I don't feel as confident that Derek's going to be back as I did a week ago. And I don't know. It could just be based on some recent roster decisions or performances or whatever. I'm not feeling as confident. I think, Greg, you said you, you felt about the same, that he would be back. Just kind of want to gauge your thought on that. You know, looking back a week, has your confidence level in him retaining a job gone up, down, stayed the same? How do you feel? Um, I think it's pretty much stayed the same. I, I don't think I've really seen – anything that that really deters me from from thinking that you know what's what's the worst that could be done to bring him back for at least another year um i I think he hasn't done anything to necessarily show that he's incapable of of doing the job and and being able to communicate connect and and you know down the down the line develop some of the young players i think he he has that rapport and i think he's he's growing into being an NHL coach. And I think that that, because it's not just the development of the players, it's also, you know, seeing the development in him as an NHL coach. And I think when he first took over for, for Jeremy Carlton, I think he might've been deferring a lot of, a lot of things to his, uh, his assistant coaches and, and Mark Crawford, especially. But I think as, as the season has gone on, I think Derek King is starting to, to grasp a little bit more of, of the team and, and um, taking a little bit more initiative as, as the head coach, which is, uh, which is good to see. Obviously, the the results are they don't really follow the uh, the the full progression. But again, this isn't the time where wins and losses are really going to matter. And you you, you can't look at the lineup and say, oh, this is a winning team. You have to look at the small things. And I think Derek King is someone who really values and pays attention to the small things and and, and trying to uh, get his players to do the little things right before they can make the big leaps and. I think that's going to be important for a lot of the players on this roster over the next year or two to, you know, instill in them and, and make sure that they're doing those things. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I think if, if, if we take these last six, six games now uh, after tonight, these last six games to uh, kind of get a final, final idea of what Derrick King can do with, with young players, I think will be, will be interesting to see, but no, I, I don't think anything has really changed with his status. Um, you know, I saw a question pop up real quick there at the bottom. Who would you bring in? That's the. I think that's the biggest question is, is what is what is the point in going through a, a head coaching search to find a guy who's going to be a placeholder? Because you're not going to go and get your win now coach now. Who are you going to attract to try and come in to a rebuilding job unless you're going to go with another young or unproven coach or coach who's just trying to hang on to an NHL job. I really don't think the, uh, the, the, the pickings would be great for the Blackhawks. So uh, I think it's, it's, it's more or less probably feeling comfortable with Derek King enough to say, Hey, give him another year and, and see where things go. I think any person you bring in right now, nobody's lining up around the block, beating down Kyle Davidson's door to take this job. Anybody you bring in right now is going to be a lateral move. It's not right. going to be anything 
it's going to be somebody that's basically unproven, as you said, um, or retread. Uh, nobody's so listen. What's I, I'm interested to see if, if Derek King is allowed to pick his own coaching staff. What he brings in here, assistants can make a big difference too. Yeah. Um, you know what, Mark Crawford? Mm, thanks for playing. I'm kind of over that. You know, he was kind of brought in here to be the the the, the hand holder to Jeremy Colleton. I, I I don't think he's you know really needed anymore. So let Derek King pick his staff. Let's see what he puts together. And if the Blackhawks are god awful next year, a it's probably not necessarily going to be his fault. And if he helps them be really bad, that's not the worst thing in the world either. <laughs> like, oh no, Derek King yeah. helped the Blackhawks get the number one overall pick and get Connor Bedard. That jerk! There's, How dare he? There's three so, franchise changers uh, in in the 2023 top three picks uh, of, of the draft. So, so if, if yeah, King, if they're terrible if, and can get a shot at one of those three, hey, that's that's, that's a bonus. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not the worst thing in the world. So they're literally is. There, there are more pros than cons to bringing him back at this point. All right, why don't we Not do many that? more? But no, yeah, you're right. Let's get to our four stars of the game before Speaking we do. Speaking of pros, want to let everybody know about our sponsor, Kent Simpson of the Simpson Law Group. After over a decade of prosecuting homicide cases as an assistant Cook County State's Attorney, Kent opened his own firm over 20 years ago, specializing in all forms of personal injury cases, including injuries as a result of accidents, including cars, trucks. Motorcycles, bicycles, boats, planes, hoverboards, DeLoreans, unicycles. What are those things? Pogo sticks, roller blades, but not roller skates, and buses. Construction accidents, nursing home abuse, medical negligence and birth injuries, slip and fall cases, and injuries as a result of hazardous drugs or products. Look, if someone's stupidity got you hurt, call Kent Simpson. His firm's results speak for themselves with millions recovered for their clients, and they charge no fees unless they win for you. So call for a free consultation, 312-332-2107. Don't go off sides. Go top shelf. Call now, SinsonLawGroup.com. That's S-I-N-S-O-N LawGroup.com. We welcome Kent, and we love Kent, and he'll be part of the show from time to time as legal news dictates, and hopefully we get a little bit of a break from that crap. For the next yeah. little while. That would be wonderful. All right. Fourth stars of the night. Uh, we usually go left to right, and I'm on the left. I will go with Jake McCabe. Um, thought he just is one of the guys on this team who is undeniably giving it everything he's got. Uh, playing hard. Jonathan Taves took a clean legal hit from Nikita Zadorov. I don't like the fact that you had to fight when you hit a guy clean, but Jake McCabe was the guy who went in there and stood up for the captain. As stupid as I think that is, he did it. He's out there, given everything he's got, uh, as limited as, as that may be in terms of offense. The guy's playing hard. He's a veteran with a big contract, a guy who probably doesn't have to play hard because he's pretty secure, and he's out there playing hard. So I'm going to give it to Jake McCabe. That is I like how McCabe is becoming your, your version of Dylan Strong for me. I know, yeah, really. He he's, been, he's been hitting lately. Well, that's the true spirit of the four-star, you know. Right. Uh, I am going to go with Jake McCabe's defensive partner tonight, Alec Wagula. Picking up his first NHL goal, it wasn't the prettiest thing in the world. It was, let's face it, it was a soft goal for a goaltender like Markstrom to allow, but it doesn't, it still counts, damn it. It's still worth <laughs> it's one still point on the me, scoreboard. So uh, hats off to Regula, a nice kid. And listen, he played He played a really good game. Up until those empty net goals, he was a plus two on the night. Mm -hmm. So he was on the ice for the, the first two goals. Uh, well, the only two goals the Blackhawks scored to one, was on the ice for the other one, was only on, a night, on the ice for one of the empty net against almost 19 minutes of, of ice time. I'm going to go on a limb and say that was the most he's had this season, possibly. Uh, so an all-around solid game. He's another kid that we're seeing progress, gain some confidence, and he's earning the trust of Derek King. So good job, young Mr. Regula. Buy Markstrom that steak. Do it. Steak dinner, boom. Mario? <laughs> I'm going to go with another guy who, uh, who scored tonight, Tyler Johnson. Uh, first goal, first point since uh, returning to the team after having a neck surgery earlier this, this season. Uh, talk about a guy who has had – probably one of the most challenging seasons of his professional career. Uh, not only, you know, coming to a new team, having to leave the Tampa Bay Lightning, a team that is likely going to be going on a deep playoff run, 
uh, and, and coming to Chicago and, and starting the year and getting some, uh, you know, getting some, some chemistry going uh, right at the beginning of the season and then uh, coming down with an injury and then dealing with COVID and then he has to have neck surgery and then he's out and then he comes back and he's not clicking. Uh, so it was, it was a lot of, a lot of hills for him to climb this year, but uh, good for him to, uh, to get back to the, uh, to the goal column with his uh, second goal and fourth point of the season. Uh, he spoke after the game and, and just kind of mentioned, you know, how the, how the year has been for him and, you know, how, how challenging it has been. And uh, it's kind of been tough to, to get into a groove even since he's been back. But um, good for him to get the goal tonight, and uh, he's, he's, he's my fourth star pick. All right. Mario, we're going to let you go. We'll talk to you tomorrow. We got uh, a fourth star. Who's, who's our guy, though? Oh, we got to be. That's right. We got to decide. It's tough. I'm gonna, let's give it. Know, I'll, I'll concede to Regula just yeah, because let's do he, that. He, got, he got the first uh, first NHL goal, first NHL point, and he mentioned in the uh, in the post game that uh, his his mom made the decision to drive, last-minute decision to drive from uh, from where they live in Michigan to, to Chicago to see, to see the game. So, uh, good call by mom. She's able to be in the stands for uh, All right. first well, goal. That's, well, that's our fourth star of the game. Mama Regula is our fourth <laughs> star of the game. She willed go. that goal past the sneaky glove Hannah Markstrom. Mama Regula, also my favorite brand of frozen pizza. Yes. <laughs> Top notch. Top notch. There you go. All right, Mario, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Reminder, everybody, we're audio only. The podcast will drop at 3.30 tomorrow afternoon. So uh, make sure you're subscribed on your preferred podcast app. Mario, we'll talk to you then, buddy. Thank you. Drive safe. Sounds good, guys. All right, dude, we'll see ya. All right, Mario Tirabasi from the United Center. And, yeah, man, this is what – it feels like this is what most of the post games are going to be from here on out to the end of the year is what are the moral victories? Who are the guys that are still proving that they deserve a chance to play? Who's playing hard? Who's still trying? And, um, you know, look, we're, we're almost done in this season from hell, honestly. And um, I think the players are looking forward to it ending. And I'm not because I don't want the post games to end because I love doing the post games and I'm not looking forward to five days a week of off season. But hey, we're going to be here for you every day, five days a week, uh, and during the playoffs, during free agency, draft, all that stuff. So we're not going anywhere. And I think a lot of people are ready to turn the page on this whole deal. A couple coach suggestions from the chat. Tom Quinn mentions Jim Montgomery, who left the Dallas Stars after some uh, alcohol struggles. Uh, seems to have things back in order. Uh, he fully acknowledged, like, yes, they were right to fire me at the time. I was out of control. Seems like he's gone and gotten the required treatments, and those things work when you're committed to them. Um, but I don't know if the Hawks want to – look, I, I am. I don't think that that's baggage. I, I think that everyone's got their vice. People work through them, and they overcome, and they should be given an opportunity again to prove themselves – but the Hawks coming off what they just did might want to steer clear of any sort of potential controversy or drama. And a couple of people have brought in, brought up um, Syracuse coach Benoit Giroux, uh, who, you know, like like we've been saying kind of about Derek King, an unproven commodity. Maybe he's a little better. We don't know. Um, but it's a name to keep an eye on for sure. It's a, a name that's been mentioned a lot. But I can't tell you with any sort of maybe Mario or Greg would have better insight on Benoit Giroux as they have a little more insight on the AHL than I do. I mean, um, but, a lot of people say he's great with young talent, which is not a lie, but he gets really good young talent being Tampa Bay. Yeah. It's very easy to be an AHL coach of a team that drafts well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, ask Ryan Worsofsky of the Chicago Wolves. Like, yeah. He's a good coach, but it also helps that he gets really good young talent to coach, too. Right. Where Derek King never had that luxury at all with the Ice Hawks. Every good pick the Hawks made was immediately in Chicago. Right. He never had any, <laughs> like, you know. Bo Boquist and Doc, and Boquist was there a while. The, but best, the best AHL young talent Derek King ever had to work with was Dylan Secura. So, you know, yes, when you have really good players – the coach looks a lot better. I'm not saying he's not a good coach. He might very well be, but, you know, maybe Tampa is grooming him to be like, hey, John Cooper probably doesn't want to be here forever. You know, wins a couple more cups or just whatever. You know, maybe they kind of got an agreement with him saying, hey, stay in Syracuse and yeah. you'll eventually get your chance here. Who knows? Those aren't bad ideas. Jim Montgomery, I listen, as somebody who – is uh, recovering myself and, and, and been struggling for over three years to stay sober. 
I believe, obviously, I believe people deserve second chances. I'm not sure, um, you know, if he's a good guy with young developing players. You know, he took over that Stars team and did a very good job with a, a team that had a lot of veterans. Right. You know, he had Radulov and Sagan and, you know, the, yeah. And then those guys, you know, John, John Klingberg on the back end. And, and he had a good core of guys there. So... Is he a guy that is good for a rebuilding team? I don't know. Could he be better than Derek King? Sure, Maybe. Could course. he be worse than Derek King? Sure. Point is, you know, I don't know if those are if that's the right move to make. And is is the Blackhawks' job a job either of those guys want? Right. If you're the top young coach, you know, the hot shot young coach coming out of the Lightning organization, is taking the Blackhawks' job on a rebuild your dream gig? Do you leave the Tampa organization for that? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Plus, you could be looking at a John Cooper situation of like, eh, I've won a lot. I'm yeah, young guy I'm with a lot go. of money. I'm going to golf for the rest of my life. I'll take that TNT cash and sit yeah. on my butt with no stress for the rest of my career. Yeah, when Tampa decides to just kind of, all right, well, we've won we've won enough. Time yeah. to give someone else a chance. Time to let somebody else win. <laughs> yeah, and, and he's right there. So, I don't know. There's... A lot to there's a lot of possibilities, but uh, look, we'll get our answer here shortly. Yeah, uh, one way or another. Uh, you know what arrived for me today? My Strava coffee. It's uh, I cannot wait for you're, the morning. You're you're going to enjoy it because uh, you're going to be able to start your day with a competitive edge. Finally, uh, and you know what? <laughs> <laughs> we are going to need that Strava coffee for the next couple of days. Yes, we've we got are. some late post game shows coming, so we'll be drinking the Strava, but. Uh, Strava CBD coffee, it, it really is a game changer. I've been drinking it for a few weeks now, and I love it. Uh, it's helped thousands of people improve their overall wellness and quality of life. It delivers, Strava delivers delicious, fresh roasted specialty coffee with an organic, broad spectrum CBD. CBD from hemp doesn't make you high or hungry, but it does give you plenty of benefits, like you're going to feel alert and focused without the jitters. You're going to live your day more balanced with less anxiety and fewer aches and pains. Now, I, that's all of those things I can get rid of in my life. Yeah. Plus, including CBD in your daily routine can even help you enjoy more restful sleep and you, as you wake up feeling your best. And the best part is Strava is all about quality. Everything is small batch, fresh, and shipped straight to your door. It's delicious coffee. So if you love coffee, you're going to love the flavor of Strava. But then... You also get concentrated full-spectrum CBD for those looking to get a little something extra in your day, and you're going to feel the effects of those benefits. Uh, also, the best part is CHGO listeners are going to save 25% off their entire purchase when you use the promo code CHGO25 at checkout. That is 25% off your entire order of StravaCraftCoffee.com when you use that CHGO25 code at checkout. And if you're already a big fan of Strava, which by now you should be. We should been, be, right? We've been singing its praises for a while right now. You can subscribe and save with the Strava Coffee Club. And that's where they put you in control. You can save on all your favorite coffees and have them automatically delivered to your home or office on your preferred schedule. They have a bunch of different flavors and they also have a bunch of different levels of concentrate of the CBD. So whatever you're Whatever you're looking for, they're going to take care of you. That's Strava, S-T-R-A-V-A, coffee, craftcoffee.com, and that's CHGO25 to save 25%. All right, we have a few minutes left, and there's something I want to share here with uh, with the class. Over the last little while, we've been talking about Jonathan Taves and his leadership throughout this rebuild. And a couple days ago, he flat out said, I want Kyle Davidson and company to tell me what they want from me in terms of leadership. He is, in my opinion, basically flat out saying, I'm not sure how to lead a rebuild. I know how to lead a winning team. I don't know how to lead a rebuild. Well, Dylan Larkin, the captain of the hated Detroit Red Wings, who Detroit sucks, lost last night 6-1 to the Panthers and Saturday lost 4-0 to the Rangers. He had a little bit to say after the loss last night, and I thought this audio from Dylan Larkin, Red Wings captain, is a really interesting juxtaposition from what we've heard from Jonathan Taves. So, Stephen, if we could fire that up. 
This is we from challenge yourself. You know, I, I've said it a lot. If someone can't push you out the door like it's minor hockey and um, give you candy after the game, you, you have to take pride in this, and you have to take pride in wearing the wing wheel and and going out there and fighting for a job next year. And there's plenty of guys in our locker room that have to do that. Uh, I would say everyone, and you have to you have to find that yourself. And it, it doesn't just come; you have to find it. And you know, we we play great teams here. Let's go out and give it our best. And and um, you know, we just haven't had that enough of that. But you saw it against Carolina, and you see it at times. We need to see it every night. One quick follow up, if I may. Um... Uh, yeah, I, I take it personally. You know, this is this is it's brutal. You know, it it. Uh, to, to be here, I've, I've been all six years, and it, it's no fun packing your bag at the end of the year, going to play in the World Championships or do whatever, you know? It, it, it just isn't. You want to play playoff hockey. we got a, a lot of guys in here that that uh, haven't been through this, but you got to remember it. you got to take it in and, and, and put it on yourself to, to come back and, and have a great year next year and, and, and make sure this doesn't happen again. It, it's just... You know, it can't happen much longer. There you go. There's a 25-year-old captain of a team that throughout his tenure has never won. And that's what a captain should sound like. Yeah. That's what a captain should say when things are going poorly, when the wins are not coming, when the effort is not there. That is leadership. And look, Jonathan Taves was a fantastic captain for some fantastic Hawks teams. But... It's easy to captain a winner. Show me your leadership ability when when the chips are down. So maybe Jonathan Taves puts a call in to number 71 of the Detroit Red Wings and, and asks some advice from a 25-year-old over the summer because Dylan Larkin's a guy who's familiar with losing. Yeah. It's and all as he's Hawks known. fans, we love to see it. We really do. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, he definitely has more experience in bad teams than Jonathan Taves does. Yep. But, uh, yeah, that's... That's how you. That's how you lead a team and say, "Listen, we gotta, we gotta get our crap together here and 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 play." It's not, you know, "Woe is me, I can't believe we're trading guys away." Right. I need to be part of the decision making around here. Me, me, me. It's us, us, us. Play for pride in a sweater. And that's that's what he's saying. And you know, Dennis Savard said it years ago. Yeah. Commit to the Indian. As <laughs> silly as it sounded at the time, like that's. That's really what it is. Like this is the team you're on, so give everything you've got, and that's why for the three of us, it's been really easy for us to give the four stars over and over again to people like Jake McCabe, who are out there giving it everything they have through game 82. And why not? Why not go out there and show them everything you've got? Because every day in the NHL is a good day, right? And I think that's how. Players need to look at it. And for those guys who are not like Jake McCabe and Jonathan Taves, who don't have pretty solid guarantees are going to be here next year, they're trying to make the team and help those guys make the team by showing them how to play. And when you give your all, it's going to help them as well. So I think Dylan Larkin knocked it out of the park. Uh, bad news for him. He had uh, core muscle surgery today, so he's out for the remainder of the Red Wing season. But he should be back in time for next season. And I was just really impressed you know, I follow all the teams on Twitter, and I just sort of, oh, there's Dylan Larkin talking. He's in the bathroom, whatever. Just doing my business. In the shower. Car. Interesting. I was, I might, I think I actually was in the shower when I saw that. Do all your best tweeting from and the I shower. And I said, wow, this is this is a really strong juxtaposition of what we've heard from Taves lately. So, and I don't want to turn this podcast into ragging on Jonathan Taves. The dude's going to have a statue, and rightfully so. He will go down as the greatest captain in Hawks history. And rightfully so, but it's just been there have been some disappointing moments from yeah. him this year. And if he's truly looking for inspiration on how to lead a team that's not expected to win and won't win, look no further than what Dylan Larkin just did. Thank, thankfully for Taves, his uh, when it's all said and done, no one's going to remember these last couple of seasons and these things. They said it's all going to be about those three times he lifted Lord Stanley's yep. cup at center ice and handed it off to Marion Hosa. That's what people are going to remember, and rightfully so. So, you know, three, four years from now, no one's going to remember these comments that he's making, but we, we have to talk about them now. And as you said, it's disappointing. And, uh, you know, good for Dylan Larkin. We don't like the Red Wings here, but that kid's a heck of a player. And, and uh, 
you know, good for them. If they ever want to trade him, yeah. uh, Kyle Davis will answer the phone. Yeah, we, definitely. Uh, by the way, I, I, I do not like the Red Wings, but I do think hockey is better when Detroit is good. I can agree with that. It's yeah. just when the original six is competitive, it is better for the league in general. So I want to see Detroit get well, back to they, where, maybe not back to where they were, but close, closer. Yeah, yeah I would like to see them. I would enjoy <laughs> watching them lose in the playoffs. Yeah, that would be wonderful. <laughs> it's just so much sweeter when it's yeah, a playoff let, loss. Let them, blow, right. let them blow a, a game seven lead and, and, and have their souls crushed. That would feel good. Oh, that's just, just thinking they, about The Blackhawks aren't going to win anytime Ooh. soon, so let's get our rivals to just have. That's hot. Heart, soul-crushing losses. <laughs> it's the best we can root for right now. All right, everybody, thanks for joining us. Uh, we are going to be here all week. we got our audio-only show tomorrow dropping at 3.30. Late-night post games Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be up late. Stay up with us. We are, as always, presented by PointsBet. Use that promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, You'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making a $50 or more first-time deposit on points bet. For my partner, Greg Boyson, and Mario Tirabasi, who is driving home, I'm Jay Zawoski. Thanks for listening to the CHGO Blackhawks postgame podcast. We'll talk to you tomorrow afternoon. Take care, everybody.